What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Hello there, live and on tape. From beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kenston, North Carolina. Today is Tuesday, December the 19th in the year of our Lord 2023. That's right. Six days to Christmas. This is episode 992 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. But man, do we have a fun show for you today. Uh, an informative show. It's going to be a fun show, man. Uh, joining us in less than 20 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line. He's a regular Tuesday guest. He's the news editor of the Carteret County News Times and CarolinaCoastOnline.com. He's also our resident NBA and hoops expert, Richard Clark. We're going to get caught up on everything basketball with him. We're going to take a look at the NFL, including, uh, man, I'm telling you, last night's a uh, big upset. I, I, another one of those. I went to bed before the end of the game on Monday Night Football last night, and somehow I have no idea how Seattle upset the Eagles last night. And, uh, man, the Eagles are just – they're in a free fall right now. I know that's going to hurt uh, Richard's feelings, you know, him being the big Dallas Cowboys fan that he is. But uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some other things, too, which I'm going to get into here in a moment. But uh, one of the things, and I've already prepared him, too, I want to talk about Kobe White, Goldsboro's Kobe White, who ended up playing over at uh, Wilson Greenfield for his career. One of the coolest cucumbers I have ever seen in my life. Cool as a cucumber. I don't know. I guess he's not a cucumber. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, I had the opportunity, gosh, I guess, what year was it that he uh, set the scoring record for the uh, Holiday Invitational and just got to witness firsthand three games in a row this high school kid who was as mature as a doggone 30-year-old. And uh, it's just so good to see him uh, really having some success. We're going to talk about him with uh, with Rich, his emergence, and just several other things, too. Uh, well, it'll go by way too fast like it always does with Rich here in our first hour. Uh, in our second hour, we're going to be welcoming a first-time guest to the show uh, we tried to get him last week uh, when the news broke that uh, he was going to be leaving uh, Kenston for Newburn, but uh, Kenston Fire and Rescue Chief Damian Locklear is going to be joining us here in our plush, well-lit, well-protected studio on Whitehall Drive. As the uh, PIO for Lenore County, I've had the uh, honor to uh, work with uh, Chief Locklear a couple of times, and uh, just a super good guy. Anybody you talk to in uh, – in emergency services in Lenore County or uh, definitely in Kinston. Uh, they have nothing but just outstanding things to say about Chief Locklear. And it, it, a guy probably one of the – I know as I'm uh, as we're in show 992 right now, this is one of those guys I probably should have had on the show a long time ago because uh, he is just a, a, a gentleman. He's a tremendous, uh, tremendous fire chief. He really is dedicated to uh, – 
to making Kinston and Lenore County a better place, but we are now losing him, and he will be uh, headed to New Bern. So for our New Bern audience, if you're listening on 252 ESPN or 107.5 uh, in the afternoon, or, uh, heck, even our signal goes so well down into, uh, into Craven County. If you're listening to us live right now, then uh, you're going to get to meet your new fire chief, uh, Damian Locklear. Again, super, super good guy. And uh, you guys are so lucky to be getting him as he will be leaving Kinston here. I believe December 29th is his last year, or last year, his uh, last day on the job here. And then he'll be uh, headed down there for you guys. But you guys are going to, uh, you're going to love him. And uh, again, so there's our show for today. Richard Clark here in our first hour. Uh, Kenston Fire and Rescue Chief Damian Locklear in our second hour. And before we know it, it'll be all over with again. Uh, man, news broke as we were getting off the air yesterday uh, about the uh, the passing of Eric Montross. We're going to talk to Rich about this because uh, Eric's about the same age as we are. He's, uh, he was 52. I'm 54. Rich is right around that same range too. And, uh, man, Eric Montross was just an incredible player for the university of North Carolina. Like I said, I, I hate that the news broke after we got off the air yesterday because I would have loved to have talked about it yesterday, but heck, uh, as a Virginia fan, I got to admit, you know, I, I didn't really like Eric Montross all that much when he was on the court at Carolina uh, for the way that uh, Carolina just really, really did dominate uh, Virginia in those years. And I know my Carolina friends are saying, oh, we dominate you a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. But Eric Montross just, he played the game the right way. He was hard-nosed. I mean, he he was just such a good player. And then on top of that, too, I mean, it led the Tar Heels to a national championship. Just uh, a great guy, just a, a great basketball player. Uh, we'll get to the great guy part here in a second, but I'm telling you, you didn't want to have to match up against him because you know you knew whoever your center was, whoever was there in the middle was going to get the crap beaten out of him for 40 minutes a game uh, because he just he would not back down. Eric Montross was just a bulldog in the in the in the pivot. But even better than that, I mean, when he got out, well, he played some professional basketball, but when he got through with that and he came back to Chapel Hill to be uh, the uh, color analyst for the Tar Heel Sports Network. Uh, I know uh, later on this week I'll have uh, John and Jonathan on here, and I know John just always talked about how talks about how fair Eric Montross was. I mean, sometimes you listen to play by play and color analysis, and it's just so home team tinge, which it should be, I guess, to a degree, because you know you're calling the game for your home university. But Eric was always so fair about it too, though. I mean, if if Carolina needed to be fussed at a little bit on the Tar Heel Sports Network, well, by golly, uh, Eric Montross would fuss at him a little bit. Uh, I, I wish I could say that I knew him. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. I mean, we've said hello in passing. In fact, my, my favorite story, I even said it, if you remember, after the ACC tournament uh, this past March in Greensboro. Uh, I was going into uh, the, the media or into the media tent or whatever you want to call it, and uh, this big tall guy comes walking towards me and his hands are full. So I open the door and he ducks in and says hello to me. And I didn't even realize who it was till he had actually gotten past me, but it was Eric Montross and, uh, just a good guy, man. Everybody that I talked to in ACC circles, just, uh, talk about what a great guy is. Uh, all my Chapel Hill people just, uh, adored him. And he was, he was a, a gentle giant, uh, cancer. Uh, found out he had cancer, uh, I guess, right around the ACC tournament this past year. Uh, very aggressive and obviously enough so that it has uh, taken his life. Uh, man, 
you you guys who are longtime listeners to the show, you know how cancer has touched my life and how it, you know, it. I just, I hate cancer. There are words I wish I could say, but this is a family show and I'm not going to do that, but it just, uh, screw cancer, man. It just, I just, I don't get why, I guess I'll go off on a tangent here for a second, but I don't understand why all these good people and good souls get taken. And there are a lot of bad people out there who we all know that just live on and prosper and all that kind of stuff and a, a, a gentle soul a good person like Eric Montross gets taken. I just, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, life is unfair. Uh, maybe that's one of the things I need to get Rick Vernon in here to uh, to counsel me and, and to talk to me about it because I just, sometimes I just don't get how unfair life is. But uh, but rest in peace, Eric Montross. We've just touched on that because uh, we're definitely going to talk about uh, Eric with uh, Richard when he joins us here in uh, about 10 minutes or so here on the Brian Hanks show. Let's get you, I tell you what, before we, uh, there's no way to segue out of that in a good way, but let me tell you about Lenore community college for 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal cultural and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 highway 58 South but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you, my friend, can change your life today. And it is. We are on the uh, uh, on the on the ragged edge of uh, the spring semester starting. And you need to uh, get in touch with LCC. If you are listening to this right now and you're like, you know what? I really need to, I need to make more money. I need to uh, just improve my life. LCC can do that for you. Uh, you can uh, learn a trade if you just have your high school diploma and you never went to school after that. LCC can help you. They have a flexible schedule. If money is the issue, Listen to me and believe me when I tell you, they will help you achieve your goals. Uh, but it's up to you now. It is. It's up to you now. You've got to call 252 527 6223. Or again, like I said, uh, visit the website at lenorecc.edu. Start down that road of improving your life. And I promise you, my good friends, Richie Honeycutt, Dr. Rusty Hunt, Catherine Pearson, Jeannie Kennedy, all the folks over at Lenore Community College will do what they can to uh, help you improve your life. And again, thank you to Lenore Community College for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks Show, which they have been since the onset of this show more than four years ago and almost a 1,000 shows ago. Uh, and they are. They're a day one sponsor. They've been with us since the first day we started this show, as has our good friends over at UNC Lenore Healthcare, GoEco, technology service provider, <clears throat> excuse me, Spence Automotive, uh, Woodman Life, uh, Arendel Parrot Academy, uh, those six have been with us since the very beginning. And then all our other sponsors who helped bring you the Brian Hanks Show and Friday Night Football Coverage. And then beginning in January, in less than a month, we're going to have uh, Friday Night Basketball Coverage for you, too. Brought to you by Barry Stallings and Harlan Neal and uh, Jason Bryant. Uh, and it'll begin, uh, I believe, on Friday, January the 5th, when Southwest Onslow visits uh, North Lenore. And again, uh, 
is because of all those sponsors you just heard and these other sponsors. Downey's Protection Systems, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, Lenore Tire and Appliance, and the Down East Wood Ducks. Something else I didn't get to yesterday because I just I didn't know about it until I was uh, playing around on the Internet, uh, but our uh, North Carolina Senator, uh, Jim Perry, has decided not to run for re-election. I messaged with him a little bit yesterday. Uh, I'm telling you, regardless of your politics, I don't care if you're an R, if you're a D, if you're an L, if you're an I, whatever you are, Jim Perry did a lot of good work for uh, Kinston and Lenora County and the rest of his district. Uh, we were very lucky. Uh, we are very lucky to have him. He's still going to be our senator through the end of uh, November. And, uh, man, just uh, he, a South Lenore grad who uh, built, uh, pull, I, had, uh, I guess you could say he pulled himself up by his uh, bootstraps and uh, bootstraps, bootstrings. Anyway, and uh, – just made it had an amazing business then went into uh to public service with serving us three terms in the North Carolina Senate and I can tell you he's going to be missed again uh, I, I I not only consider Jim Perry a, a great senator I consider him a friend too and I hope to get him here on the show sometime uh in the next uh I don't know uh probably in the uh probably in the new year we're pretty we're pretty booked up the rest of the week then we're having our, our wedding show uh next week on Tuesday and uh, Jacques Passleg uh, jumps in and he he says yeah he is a good dude uh, he served in the army a very good dude uh, I just I, I think the world of him and uh just want to uh <clears throat> send our best to him to Jim Perry and to his family and everything uh again not just a senator, a friend of mine, and uh, I, the North Carolina Senate is going to be a much less place without him in it. And I tell you what, we I don't even know who's running. I mean, that shows you, I guess I should know better. Uh, I think I saw Michael Specially or somebody like that is running as the Republican. I don't know who the Democrat is, but they will not, I, nothing against them, God bless them, they will not take care of Lenore County as well as uh, Jim Perry has, and Chris Humphrey on top of that too, who's running for the House and has been our House representative for several terms now. But, uh, Jim, uh, if you're listening, uh, love you, buddy, and just uh, good luck to you and, and your uh, when, as you return to uh, private life. Uh, but uh, it's going to be, again, a big loss for us here in uh, Lenore County and throughout his district, too, because nobody cared about this area more than Jim Perry, and that's for damn sure. Okay, uh, LCC men's basketball. They are 9-3 and three overall. Jacques was wanting to go to the game tonight. He was messaging me earlier today. Uh, he's going to have to drive to Southwest Virginia, though, for that to happen because LCC plays at Southwest Virginia today at 5 o'clock, and then they are off for the Christmas break. They will return to action on Thursday, January the 11th, against Wake Tech. Uh, so a long Christmas break for them. Uh, we had uh, Matt Grantham on here talking about that, and uh, man, nine and three right now. Again, they go to Southwest Virginia tonight. If they can come away with that win and end up in double-digit wins before the Christmas break, I don't remember the last time that's happened at LCC. It's had to have been. Whew, goodness gracious, Coach Grantham, if you're listening, I don't know if you would know or Ricky Whaley, you're listening, man. Uh, let me know when's the last time. LCC had this many wins going into the Christmas break. It's had to have been a, a 10 years, eight or 10 years or so since then. Uh, just very excited what's going on over there with Matt Grantham and LCC basketball. 
Uh, but again, uh, Jacques, if you're going to go to that game, you're going to have to travel to uh, Southwest Virginia, and I'm not sure you're up for that tonight. What you need to do is come to the Kinston game tonight as they'll be playing a game. We'll get to that here in a second, Jacques. But, uh, hey, ECU men's basketball, they are at home tomorrow against Delaware State. And if you remember, I said this on, I said this on yesterday's show, I, I, when I was typing that yesterday, I was like, Delaware State, why does that sound so familiar? Well, let me tell you why. It's the alma mater of Kinston, Lenore County Sports Hall of Famer and North Lenore alum, Samuel Shepard, probably the best player that ever came through uh, North Lenore High School or basketball player that ever came through North Lenore High School or definitely up there anyway. I know uh, we've had a couple of good players come through there with Vernon Maxwell and a couple others. But I'm telling you, Samuel Shepard went to South America and became the all-time leading scorer in South America basketball history, played in the Olympics against the Dream Team. You know what? That's a, that's a guess we really absolutely need to have here on the show, Samuel Shepard. I can't believe I've not had him uh, on the show here before, but I definitely need to get him on here for sure. But, uh, again, that's ECU. They play at home tomorrow at 6 against Delaware State. The ECU women's basketball team, a big win uh, last night for them against George Mason, they improved to six and three overall. Uh, congratulations to them and uh, former Farmville Central store uh, Maya Maya Joiner. Uh, Maya Joiner had just an incredible night: twenty six point uh, twenty seven point sixteen rebounds, six block shots, uh, I think three assists, a few steals. I mean, talk about filling up score sheet. And again, this wasn't against a scrub team. This was against a George Mason team that came into the game eight and one. Uh, only one ACC game last night. Wake Forest uh, wiped out Delaware State. Speaking of Delaware State, they beat them 88-59 to last night. We've got three league games tonight, which includes uh, nor number 22, Virginia, at number 23, Memphis. That game's going to be on ESPN2 at 7 o'clock. And then tomorrow's slate includes uh, number 21, Duke, hosting number 10, Baylor. NC State is at home against St. Louis. And then number 11, Carolina, will be uh, taking on number 7, Oklahoma, and that game will be in Charlotte. High school basketball uh, tonight, uh, four big games. Thank you, Jason Bryant, who touches base with me and, and uh, reminds me that there are four games starting tonight at 5 o'clock at uh, Kenston High. The boys are 6-2. and two. Uh, The girls are 4-4 four and four there at home tonight against West Carteret. Again, four games starting at 5 o'clock. Uh, get out there and uh, support the Vikings tonight. Then after that, they are off until Wednesday, January the 3rd, when they'll be at home against Northern Nash. North Lenore, both the boys and the girls are 4-4 four and four overall. They open, their East, they open their East Central 2A schedule tomorrow night with East Duplin. They will be at home. The games were originally scheduled to be on Friday. I'm not sure why they moved them. I never did find out about that. Jason, if you know, hit me up. But uh, I know they moved their games from Friday night to uh, tomorrow night, to Wednesday night. Uh, but they'll be opening their schedule against East Duplin. The boys will play in a holiday tournament next week, uh, and then both teams will return to conference play on Friday, January the 5th. And as we said earlier, uh, they will be taking on Southwest Onslow. That game will be broadcast right here on 960 AM and betonthebull.com by Barry Stallings and Harlan Neal. Uh, so uh, you can look forward to that. South Lenore. They take the boys will take on uh, Lakewood on December twenty eighth. That is a week from Thursday. Uh, the boys are two and seven overall. The girls are four and six. And then both teams will return to EC two A action Friday, January the fifth at Wallace Rose Hill. Parrot Academy. The boys are three and four. The girls are zero and seven. They're off until Wednesday, January the third. Bethel Christian Academy. Uh, their boys are three and eight. Their girls are two and five. Both those teams are off until Friday, January the 5th. Green Central, they are off until the new year. Their boys are 3-5 and five overall, 1-0 and oh in the Eastern Plains 2A. 
The Green Central girls are 1-7 overall. They're 0-1 in the EP2A, and they are off until uh, Wednesday, January the 3rd, when they'll be at home against Southwest Edgecombe. Uh, Aiden Grifton, uh, their boys, after starting out 6-0, and have lost, uh, have dropped back-to-back games. They're 6-2 and overall. They're 0-1 in the conference. Their girls are 1-7 overall. They're 0-1 in the conference, and they are the only other team that is at home tonight, or teams that are at home tonight, as they'll take on Spring Creek, and then they'll be off until Wednesday, January the 3rd, after tonight's games. Uh, Jones Sr.'s boys are 5-3. and three. The girls are 1-7. and seven. Uh, uh, The boys play versus Jacksonville Christian Academy Thursday. And then another game on Friday, uh, the girls will play also in a tournament this Thursday and Friday. And then after that, they'll be off until Tuesday, January the 9th, when they start Coastal Plains 1A, 2A action. Hometown Heroes update. Uh, uh, Reggie Bullock and the Houston Rockets, they lost at Cleveland last night in overtime, 135 to 130. Uh, Reggie was a DNPCD, did not play coach's decision. Uh, they are home Wednesday against Atlanta. They're home Friday against Dallas, and then Saturday they travel to New Orleans to take on Brandon and the Pelicans. And speaking of Brandon and the Pelicans, they are home versus Memphis today at 7.30. That game will be on TNT. It will be on my DVR when I get home from Kinston High tonight. They are at Cleveland Thursday, and then they are home versus Reggie in Houston uh, Saturday night at 7. Uh, Damian Dunn and the fourth-ranked Houston Cougars, or actually I think they're up to number three right now, they're 11 and 0. Uh, they are home versus Texas State on Thursday. Dontrez Styles in Georgetown. They're at Butler today. Uh, Georgetown 7 and 4. Uh, that game is on FS1. That'll also be on my DVR when I get home tonight. Uh, they play at 6:30 tonight. It'll be on FS1. And then uh, they're uh, at number seven Marquette Friday at seven. That game also on FS1. Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt struggling mightily right now. They are four and six overall. But a chance to uh, break out of the rut tonight as they are home versus Western Carolina today at 7. That'll be on the SEC Network. And then they are at Memphis Saturday at 4. That will be on uh, WNCT CBS 9 uh, Nationwide. Uh, Isaac Parsons, Jeremy Dixon, Amaji Dada, Winston-Salem State. They are 9-3. and three. Uh, They are home versus Elizabeth City State on Thursday, January the 4th. And then Ashanti Lynch from Maryland Eastern Shore. Uh, they are six and five overall. They are at VCU Wednesday at six o'clock. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, I got one more here. Dante Ellis and Pitt Community College. Uh, they played last night. Uh, no uh, stats, however, on uh, how Dante did, but they did lose last night, uh, 94 to 71, uh, and they are now two and ten overall. Uh, the Bulldogs are. They are now after playing that game last night. They are now on their Christmas break as uh, they will not play again until Saturday, January the 6th, when they travel to Patrick and Henry Community College in Virginia. Uh, And uh, they'll be trying to right their ship there. You know what? I've got a Virginia expert on the line with me right now uh, as I've got a Richard Clark joining me. Hey, Rich, do you know where Patrick and Henry Community College is? Patrick Henry Community College. In Virginia. I do I do not off the top of my head, no. Uh, I, I suspect it's going to be somewhere around the the middle of the state. <laughs> Hold on. You know what? I, people love when I do this. Uh, let's see. Pat, it's in Mar- Oh, dude, it's in Martinsville, Virginia. Martinsville, there you go. Yeah, we know where Martinsville <laughs> is. There, there's, there's like a Patrick Henry High School in Richmond. There's all, Patrick Henry's all over the place. 
Sorry, dude. I thought you were going to go a little bit longer. I was taking a sip oh, of water. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. Richard Clark joining us here on our Spence Automotive guest line. He's our regular uh, Tuesday guest. And our last Tuesday visit with Richard Clark until the new year, dude. So uh, we, we got a lot oh, to wow. get in here. Well, yeah, dude. I'm, uh, you know, Christmas break next week. And then I don't know if you know or not, but I'm getting married. I'm going on a honeymoon uh, the first week of January. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go down, uh, going to, going to, going to jump on a cruise ship and go to the Bahamas and drink, uh, girly drinks and, uh, you know, and read books and all that kind of stuff, dude. Oh, well, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, uh, before we jump in and we start having fun and making fun of the Philadelphia Eagles and everything else I want to do, I, uh, I can't say a whole lot. Well, yeah, you can, dude. Yeah, you can. I mean, dude, your team – hey, your team played a good team, okay? I mean – I, I told you we were going to lose to them, though. Yes, you it, did. It, it, you it was, did. You know, I think in the, the modern-day athletes, I think one of the problems that uh, pro- professional athletes anyway have is getting up for emotional games week after week. It seems like they can do it for a couple, three, four weeks maybe, but at some point there'll be a letdown and, and – the margin of error is so small with professionals. That's why you get these games like you got last night with Seattle. Although I would go so far as to say Seattle is actually better than I think people give them credit for. Um, the quarterback play is a little shaky, which is why they struggle. Well, no, no, no. And I agree with you, but uh, I, uh, I tell you, hey, let's save that if you don't mind. I, yeah. uh, because I want to talk about a serious thing. And, uh, as I, as I said in my monologue, and as we were going off the air yesterday, uh, the, the sad, sad passing of Eric Montross, a gentleman that's younger than you and I, Rich. I mean, uh, just uh, a great player for Carolina. I, listen, I, and I said it in the interest of full disclosure, was not a fan, uh, was not a fan of him on the court, became a fan of him off the court uh, after he graduated from uh, Carolina and after his pro career and became uh, the color analyst for the Tar Heel Sports Network. I, I wish I could say I, I knew him. I met him a couple of times. Didn't really know him, but just uh, a good guy. And just uh, I, I just wanted your thoughts. I mean, I, I did all my – I talked about him for a few minutes, and uh, like I said in my opening monologue today, I wanted to give you a chance, especially with him being, uh, like I said, basically in our generation, a guy that as we were growing up, we were watching him play. And uh, your thoughts on on the passing of Eric Montross, Rich? Well, it does hit home a little bit because it's within our our area of expertise, so to speak, because uh, of his age, Quebecet. We all remember him playing for Carolina uh, against Leitner and that elbow and all that stuff. So, it, you know, it does hit kind of – that was Tyler Hansborough, actually. Uh, it does hit home a little bit. Um, 52, man. That's the number that jumps out at me. It seems, you know, I don't want to get too far into it, but – it just doesn't seem like me that we've made a lot of ground on this thing after a lot of money. Um, but what do I know? I'm not a medical well, expert. So. Dude, and you know how it's personally affected both you and I. We've both had friends who, well, you know, a wife for me and a dear, dear, dear friend for you. That Well, we were, we were briefly talking about that yesterday, and um, yeah. I, I don't know if I should repeat all that, but it, long story short, the – date that I took to your wedding with your wife passing from cancer actually died as well. Yeah. Um, so if you just kind of, it hits home and the older you get, the more you deal with these things. So circle of life, I suppose. 
Yep, absolutely. And listen, I uh, just got some uh, bad news about our second hour guest. He's had a he's had a family emergency himself. Uh, Damian Locklear, chief for uh, uh, Kinston Fire and Rescue, and uh, wow, uh, he is not going to be able to join us uh, this morning in our eight o'clock hour. So just a, a heads up to that to uh, to our listeners who we've been uh, promoting that uh, and sent along and said uh, please keep his family and your prayers. So, uh, wow. I, and I didn't mean to jump in there with that with you, Rich, but, uh, he just texted me that. So, uh, we will not be having Damian Lockler. We'll see who we can get lined up for our, uh, eight o'clock hour here this morning. Uh, but, uh, back to Eric Montross and the thing that bothers me the most about the whole thing, again, is you and I both have been personally affected with this is, you know, these millions and hundreds of millions, heck you could probably, I bet probably in the billion dollar range, all this money has been thrown at this. And I, this is a cancer that that Eric didn't even know about until this past March. I don't know if you did any deep diving or reading into it, Rich, but uh, they. Well, I did. And okay, okay, go ahead. I didn't deep dive it, but what I would say is this: I, I know when he got it, they announced it or whatever it was. Yeah. The story broke, but because it was so hush hush, you kind of knew what it was. You know what I mean? If they're doing well, you hear about it. If you don't, if they're not, you don't. Yeah. Um, after they've announced it, so I kind of figured that this must be the aggressive form or something there and about. Well, again, for it to uh, what well, we're not even what from March to now, uh, barely nine months into it, and uh, it's taken a good man. It just, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'm at a loss. You know, again, happens fast, doesn't it? It does. It really does. And yeah. you, you think about a, a man like him who was in great health. Like I said, when I saw him back in March, I guess that's when he had just found out or right around that time. And, uh, I mean, he, he, you know, seven foot, probably what, 260, 250, 260 pounds look like oh, the, the at least, at least, at least. Know, and look like the picture of health and just amazing how quickly it can go. Anyway, Hey, speak to him as a basketball player though, Rich. I mean, I, I wanted that uh, angle from you too, because I know he's somebody that, uh, we both watched a lot in our, in our twenties. Well, he came up in his, in the right time for him. Um, he would probably struggle in today's environment to play at the next level. Um, as he struggled a little bit in, in his era, but you know, he came along in the era where the big men were big men. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, he was able to flourish in that, particularly in college, um, you know, with the system that, and, and you can make a strong case that he came up in the Carolina era where they actually did develop really good big men. Um, and he, he was the, the fruition of that. So solid player, um, by all accounts, a good guy off the court. So the world's the world's the worst place for it. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Okay. Uh, let's, uh, again, it's like I said, when I was talking about this in the first hour, there's no gentle way to segue from sad news like that, but, yeah. uh, what do you want to do, man? I'll leave it up to you. NFL, NBA. I don't, whichever one you want to do, pick one. Let's go NFL. We'll go, we'll, yeah, we'll go NFL. It's probably a shorter conversation. <laughs> well, so with the immediacy of uh, last night, too, uh, man, I got. I, I admitted it, I, and I, that's the bad thing about doing this show and having to get up at five o'clock or five fifteen is uh, 
You know, I can't stay up until 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock every night. I just, <laughs> now, the old Brian, and I know you probably still do. You can do but, dude. No, I can't do it either. Being men of a certain generation, dude, I've hit that age, Rich, where I've got to have – I mean, I'm telling you, if I'm going to be any kind of uh, sharp the next day, I really have to have seven. My my, what are you what are you, my line of demarcation? I guess you could call it is I've got to have seven hours of sleep, dude. I really do. I get it. I get it. I, I don't ever sleep that much. I wish I did, um, but I I have to go to bed early at least uh, to try to get get my six hours in or in a 12 hour period. Cause I wake up every hour and a half. So why, why do you do that? <laughs> well, I just, well, you know, the first reason, but you know, you gotta run to the bathroom, <laughs> but I really just, I really just wake up. I don't sleep very well. I haven't in years. So, you know, that's the one thing I'm extremely jealous of, of, of my Gwen is that she go to sleep on a stereo speaker <laughs> and just pass out and then sleep for eight hours straight. It's amazing. I, I don't know how she does it. Well, I, I envy people who were able to do that too. Amen. Amen. My point even saying, listen, Linda's the same way, man. I mean, I'll have three games going at the same time, the volumes, you know, on high, and then I'll look back and she'll be <clears throat> stretched out in her chair asleep. And I'm like, how are you doing that? You know? But yeah. my point in saying all that is I went to bed last night and the Eagles were ahead when I went to bed and you know, I just figured, oh, well, well, the, they're going to take it back over the NFC East. And doggone, man, uh, the Seahawks came up big. They ended up winning 20 to 17 last night. I watched that final play, uh, the replay of that final play, uh, Jackson Smith Najigba uh, with that touchdown pass, man. Did you watch the game last night? I guess is my first question. No, I, I don't okay. typically watch the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, you don't watch yeah. them to scout them? No, I, I don't. I've seen all I need to see. Uh, they they are who they are. They got flaws like the rest of us. Um, and I think, you know, it depends on what you believe. So I, I, I hesitate to even mention this stuff. But it, there's been a spattering of reports about some disharmony in the locker room with that team, which, you know, as a Cowboy fan, I'm like, please, yes. Because um, they got a lot of talent on that team. Make no mistake. But I said at the beginning of the year that they were going to miss their coordinators, and I think they really miss their offensive coordinator. I think he was probably really good at calling plays, um, and the guy they got now is not as good. It's simple as that. So I think that's where they're suffering. Obviously, defense, because they went, they let Matt Patricia call plays. I mean, <laughs> make no mistake, as a Cowboys fan, when I read that, I stood up and clapped. Like, yes, thank you. Dude, that's awesome, man. As, as I'm after that loss last night, though, your Cowboys still holding on to the number two seed. How about that? Although I'm not so sure. Let me present this to you, Mr. Cowboys fan. You guys are ten and four. Philadelphia is ten and four. Philadelphia has now slid down to the five, which means they would play Tampa Bay in the first round. I gotta tell you, dude. There's a part of me that would think. You would almost want to be the five seed because you're not catching San Francisco, I don't think. You know, are you? No, no, no. Yeah, We're not going to win a division. I mean, we still got a tough schedule, whereas they got the Giants and the Cardinals, I think, the Eagles do. If I remember, um, they've got the Giants. No, dude, not only do they have the Giants, they have the Giants twice. Twice, right. And they have the conference record 
Um, if we if we both went out, the Eagles have the conference record, not the division record. They have the conference tiebreaker, okay. so um, they would win the division if we both went out. But again, I fully suspect that the Cowboys will lose at least one more game. The game that we have to win is the Detroit game. Okay, I, I really the Dolphins game at this point really doesn't matter. We're not going to win the division unless something crazy happens. I mean, the Giants twice. How'd that happen? You know, we can say whatever we want about the schedule makers, and I guess for the most part they do a good job. But every year I have this beef with what the Cowboys' schedule looks like compared to the Eagles or whatever. You know, the Eagles got the Bills at home. They got the Seahawks at home. They got um, the Dolphins at home. And they got – there was one more – the Niners at home. Cowboys played all of them on the road. How'd that happen? Did, did we not know going into the year that these teams were supposed to be good? You know, I, I, I question these. It's kind of the same as every year the Dolphins got to go to New England in January. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they clearly do this stuff on purpose. But anyway, well, I digress. I, I never can understand. And I know, listen, scheduling is hard. I mean, I don't even get a choice, especially when you added that seven no, game in there. It's not. They got, they got, they got chat PDD now. <laughs> give me a break. You know, that thing, I spit that schedule out in like five seconds. Well, okay. I'll give you that. But okay. Okay. Even take that out of it. It makes no sense to me that you would play a team two times in the final. I don't care if it's two times in a three game span in the middle of the season. You should never do that. Let alone two times in a three-game span at the end of the season, dude. I just don't <coughs> – I don't get it because what if – I mean, and of course, that's not going to happen this year. But what if Philadelphia and New York Giants were, like, fighting for a playoff position and – Well, and that's they, what they wanted. Well, I know, but on top of it, and then they end up facing each other in the first round of the playoffs, and they could have ended up playing each other three times in a four-week span. Tangibly, Richard Clark, that could have happened. Yeah, and the league doesn't care. That's exactly what they wanted. I mean, that's why they did it. You know, they, they put this, particularly this Philly Giants thing, because they're in the NFC East. And as, as we've spoken about before, there are really only three divisions that have real rivalries in the NFL. The rest of them are just kind of manufactured. The, the NFC East is one of those. Those are real old school rivalries. Um, and that's what they were hoping, because by all accounts, the Giants are supposed to be good. And so they were hoping that these games would matter and they'd get two big high-profile games. Because if I'm not mistaken, one of those is a Sunday night game. Wow. It just – I don't get it. But uh, we'll stay to the – let's talk NFC first. I mean, the, the 49ers, man, they have uh, – <laughs> they've already clinched their division. Uh, yeah. They just clinched their playoff position. They've clinched their division. And uh, I, I keep – Maybe I'm doing it more out of trying to jinx San Francisco than I am uh, actually praising them because, you know, throughout the season, you and I, and I, I've told you this before, Mark Panicelli, we've gotten here on the show and we declare this is the best team in the NFL. It's happened about four times now. Then that team promptly uh, defecates mm-hmm. the bed, okay? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, your, your, yours was better than mine. Yeah. And we've tried to do that with San Francisco the last couple of weeks, but doggone, man. 49ers are, I mean, they're not just good offensively. They've got, I mean, in my opinion, the MVP of the league playing for him in Brock Purdy. Uh, then probably the second place finisher for MVP in Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and then on top of that, too, their defense is really good. I mean, this San Francisco 49ers team, 
Come on, let's do it, man. I mean, their plus, their differential is plus 191. They've won six games in a row. What is the weakness of this uh, 49ers team at this point in the 2023 season, Rich? They probably don't have a, a straight weakness. Maybe their secondary is a little shaky, but are you going to have time to throw the ball? Um, and I, I think that I've said it on this show before, Debo is the one. I know we can talk about Birdie and everybody's going to talk about McCaffrey because – it's great, but make no mistake. If Debo's not there and my Cowboys are playing the Diners, I'm I'm good. We're going to win that game. I promise you. Debo's the problem. He he's the special one. McCaffrey's really good. Make no mistake. He's probably the best running back in league. And given the numbers, he might win the MVP. But without Debo and all what the gravity that he has, McCaffrey's what every other tailback in the league is. You can stack the line and play against it. It's Debo that changes the, the concepts that you have to do on defense. So to get back to your original question, the health of Debo Samuels to me is their only real Achilles heel. Okay. Well, and the thing about Debo also, and I man, I, I know you, you love when I bring fantasy into conversations, but, I mean, he's a fantasy god in the first place, Debo is. I mean, he really is because you can't really put a label on him. Is he a wide receiver? I know that's technically what he's listed as, but, dude, he's, no, a, that, that, he's a wide receiver. He, he's just an offensive force. That's the exact problem. He, he runs the ball like a big running back, but he's big and moves like a big receiver a good receiver. So that's the problem. He's a matchup nightmare. And so when they do all that stuff that Shanahan does with moving him in different directions, you literally have to react to it. Like, for instance, I can't speak to other teams, but I know the Cowboys, we really don't have anybody to match up with him. The best we had was Tavon Diggs, who does as well as anybody in the league. But he's not really a good matchup for Debo because Debo outweighs him about 40 pounds. So, you know, Debo is, He's the special. He's what we all thought that DK Metcalf could be. What we all thought that AJ Brown could be is Debo. Well, uh, those other two players you just mentioned, their health comes into it too, and that's something I don't think we put enough. Uh, whatever I wouldn't say thought, but that we put enough uh, weight into. I guess is that man. <laughs> The NFL is not Major League Baseball, and it is not the no. NBA, and it's not even the NHL. I mean, the NFL. I don't care who you are. You are not immune to being injured in the NFL, and that is really what uh, equals out everything there, isn't it? Well, I think what you're seeing right now, and I, you saw it last week, and I think it will continue to end of the year, of course, is that now is the time of the year that those nagging little injuries become real injuries. You know, you've got a, a ankle that's a little tweaked up, but you can still play, but then somebody rolls on it, and now you're out. Um, you're starting to see that now with, with starters starting to get hurt and teams are having to fill these holes. So now it becomes a war of attrition. So whoever can get to the playoffs with most of their unit intact, it's, it's going to be the favorites. I mean, it's just what it is every year. Um, and, and teams depth will be tested and, and hardly anybody has any real depth anymore. I mean, you, you're pretty excited when you got a guy that, hadn't been playing and he comes out and he's actually pretty decent. You're like, Oh my God, where'd he come from? <laughs> no, so. you're right, man. I mean, injuries have been part of the game forever. I mean, forever, as long as I can remember and probably even before that, 
I don't know, Rich, though. It just seems like there have been more, especially at the quarterback position this year. Mm. I I wish someone – oh, I know. I wish somebody would do a study and just compare where we are to missed games uh, at every position. You know, it's one of those things that if I had the time or the inclination, I would try to do it. But you know what I mean? We've got – uh, what uh, Bill Simmons and the Ringer crew, and there's a whole company called ESPN that you know covers this stuff. I wish someone would they would just get somebody to add up injury, you know, missed injury games and all that kind of stuff uh-huh. in every position, and then compare it to the way it's been in five years ago, 10, 25, 30 years ago, that kind of thing. Because, dude, and again, it could just be the you know the error of recency or whatever. But, dude, I swear it seems like there have been a lot more this year at all positions than there have been in previous years. Am I going crazy, or is it just that it's the error of recency? I, I don't think it's more than it has been. I think it's probably a lot like what you see. You know, you hear all these people, oh, the world is country's burning. No, it's not. <laughs> all this stuff has happened before. It's, uh, it, we just didn't see it all. Now you see it all. That's the difference. Oh. There's no more – there's not any more little – you know, creepy guys snatching little girls than there was 30 years ago. You just hear about it now whenever it happens. It's the same with this. We see all the gruesome injuries 15 times on social media and TV and everything else. So you think it's happening more, but it's really not. Um, You know, I would go so far as to say a lot of the legislation that they put into place really hasn't worked. Um, In some cases, like in the trenches, I will say that I think it's worked for receivers. I think receivers, particularly tight ends, play a lot longer than they used to because you can't do what they do. By the way, did you see the guy get kicked out of the Pittsburgh game for hitting that guy? I did the, the coach. not. Remind, tell, tell us about it. Uh, Casey, the safety for the Steelers, hit a receiver. It took him out now. He hit him hard. Um, and it's one of those plays where they're both kind of coming to the same point. He led with his shoulder, and the guy got hurt. Um, I don't know how serious, but they kicked him out of the game. And my question is, how did they kick him out when he led with his shoulder? He hit the guy in the back, but it looked violent. Well, did, so are we taking violence out? Is that what they called spearing, I think? I think I do remember seeing that. I don't know, but I know they kicked him out of the game, and it wasn't. He led with his shoulder. And and I go and then, you know, I was in our game – they had a guy lower the crown of the helmet, which is what you always hear that fake referee they have on TV with the <laughs> Gene Scarator and the other guy. Yeah. But, you know, they, he lowered the crown of his helmet, hit Dak in the helmet, and they didn't even really want to throw a flag. It wasn't until McCarthy went nuts and they threw a flag. Wow. Why wouldn't you well, – my question is, why wouldn't you throw that guy out when you have repeatedly said – in the NFL, you don't want people using the helmet as a weapon. Yet, when they do it, you don't throw them out. And then the guy who led with his shoulder, which is what you're telling them you want, just because the guy got hurt, you ejected that guy from the game. So I just don't know what we're doing. It's almost like a catch now. Do you even know what that is anymore? Yeah. And and holding? Does anybody have a clue what that is? So. Well. You've said it before, and you and I are far from the first people to say this, Rich, that you the referees decide games, and they could – I mean, and they do. I mean, and I think it's in a, almost an unethical way now. 
there's a hold on every play there. I mean, dude, you could break yeah, down Richard Clark and say, Oh, look, there's a hold there. He may have only held for a half second, but I mean, he held that guy there. You can call a hold every single play that you want to. And I know they've got their little headphones or little earphones on. And I wonder it sometimes, and maybe it's you, Mr. Conspiracy theorist, Richard Clark. It's, uh, you know, our NFL conspiracy theorist that's got this in my head now, but it, it's just uncanny how just plays get, you know, the, the yep. penalties get thrown at these odd times of games. And it makes you wonder, is it New York watching the game and saying, you know what, we need Dallas and Philadelphia to be in a dead tie going into the final week of the season. Uh, so, that's right. Yeah. You know, so that's right. you know, cause we want people to keep watching this game. So Let, let's uh, keep this close. They're, yeah. they're up seven to nothing. They're driving for another touchdown. They're at the 30. It's going to be at least 10 to nothing. Oh, holding. They're at the 50. Next thing you know, they're punting, and the other team kicks a field goal. Now, instead of a 10 to 3, 14 to, I mean, 10 to nothing, 14 to nothing, you're looking at a 7 to 3 game. Yeah. Completely different. Um, you know, I, I, I hate, I don't want to be, <sighs> let's just say the more that I watch of the NFL, the more my 10, my tempo hat gets bigger. Because, but can I you ask know, you we, something? This is a Steve Zabin thing. I know you don't listen to Zabin, but yeah, uh, but he could he complain just like you and I are doing right now, dude, on his podcast. He'll complain and whine and moan like uh, like I do, and you don't really that much. But but we're still gonna watch. You know, we can complain all we want and we can whine and all that. But guess what, dude? Where where's Richard Clark gonna be perched uh, the next time Dallas is on TV, dude? Well, let me let me give a long story to what you just asked me. Okay, okay. I'm gonna be, I have to go home for Christmas to see my parents. Obviously, you have to. And go uh, home? <laughs> well, I probably didn't. I probably didn't say that right, but yes. But I'm only gonna be there for a couple of days because I got to work that Tuesday. So you and I both know that Dallas plays a late game, uh, the four o'clock game on Sunday. So I'm gonna have to watch the game, and my you know. My mom's going to be like, you came all the way up here and you're only here for X amount of time, and now you're going to watch a game? You know. Yeah. Oh, side note, guess who plays the night of your wedding? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Is it Dallas? Yep. Well, no, but here's the good – but dude, 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 but here's the beauty of that, though. The wedding is at noon. I know. I know. I don't uh, think I didn't go look at all that when I saw the schedule. <laughs> you'll be you – will, you will have witnessed the, the, the union of two – incredible souls and had a nice meal and you'll be back on the road by two thirty. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I was telling Gwen while I was pulling it up on my phone to see what the, when, when I said, well, we might have to get a beer gift because <laughs> I, love I it. said, but if anybody knows that I'm going to watch the game, it's Brian. Absolutely. <laughs> but line, to your point, no, back to your point, we are, we are going to watch the game no matter what happens, but I, I will stand by. I think there will be a scandal. Uh, some kind of potential point shaving gambling scandal scandal in the next five years. I don't disagree with that at all. Listen, Jason Bryant jumps in. He wanted to ask you: uh, Is the modern day player as tough as the old school player was? And he said, "Does that have anything to do with the amount of injuries?" What? That's a good question. You know, again, you and I. No, that's a good We've been watching. Yes, we have. We've been watching the NFL since the mid '80s. I mean, so we're talking forty years. We've been watching the NFL. Are, are these modern day players as tough? I. Uh, let me say I it like that. Let me say this. I think they're more talented. I don't think they're as tough. What do you What do you think? I, I think they're vastly more talented. I think what we're talking about is the difference between 
a pickup truck and a Ferrari. <laughs> okay. You know, the Ferrari is finely tuned and it's a spark plug and working. It's probably not going to run right. But when it does run, it runs. That truck, it can get rained on in a hurricane and probably still start, but it's going to take you two hours to go to Newburgh. You know, yeah. so my point being, yes, they probably were tougher, um, but they but they were far less talented as a whole. The the superstars, Gail Sayers can play today. Dick Buckets, eh, I don't know. Dick might not can play today. He'd probably get thrown out. How come uh, your first two players you mentioned there are Chicago Bears? I, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> That's awesome. Richard Clark on the line with us. Dude, we're running out of time. we we got to get some NBA talk in here. Yeah, we need to get uh, Kobe White. Yeah, we do need to get Goldsboro's Kobe White, who played at uh, Wilson Greenfield. Uh, I do want to say this, too. Uh, however, again, uh, our second-hour guest, uh, Damian Locklear, uh, Kenson Fire Department Chief, has fallen through uh, because, I mean, he, he's had a family emergency, and I'm scared to ask him what it is because – he said he received the worst news a father could ever receive. And I, I oh, yikes. Dude, I don't even want to touch that. Yeah, and, I don't want to go anywhere near that. And then he said, if you pray, please keep my family in your prayers. So, uh, wow, dude. Oof. That's dude. Wow. So, anyway, hey, I do want to thank Brian North, our good friend. Mine and yours, good friend. Brian North is going to be joining us in the second hour uh, to uh, – to fill to fill that spot, so I did want to just give uh, listeners a heads up. We will be having Brian North from uh, WCTI News Channel Twelve and Fox Eastern Carolina joining us in our second hour. Well, okay. that's a pretty big step down from the fire chief. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's listening right now too, dude. So uh, that makes it even better. I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, we got Rich on. Can you stay for a couple minutes into the second hour though? Too. Yeah, we're good. Okay, Go okay, ahead. Good. Because I know we're going to, as we inevitably do. Listen, uh, a lot of storylines in the NBA, though. But to me, the especially locally here, I mean, we got to watch. Uh, you know, Wilson Green, Greenfield plays uh, Parrot Academy every year, so uh, you know we had a chance to see uh, Kobe play then, uh, and then up at the Holiday Invitational. I mean, he is the all-time scoring in the fifty years of the uh, John Wall Holiday Invitational, the all-time leading scorer. As he averaged right at oh, wow. forty, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, dude scored one hundred and nineteen points in three games. Scored what thirty nine point seven points a game. So we, you know, locally we know what a good player Kobe Bryant or Kobe Bryant, Kobe White was, especially, and then went to Carolina after that. Had a good season at Carolina. He's sort of been an, an anomaly to me, uh, Rich, in that I followed him closely, you know, because of our ties here and Kenston and all that. But just I have not really felt like he's lived up to his potential until now. I sent you that stat line. His last nine games, dude, he is basically averaging, uh, and I could have added this up, but probably right around uh, 23, 24, 25 points a game, uh, around eight assists, around seven rebounds, dude. He has just, I mean, Kobe, Kobe White finally, finally living up to uh, what we thought here in Eastern North Carolina he was going to live up to. Your thoughts on uh, Kobe White and what he's done over the last nine games or so and just this season that he's having, Rich? Uh, Kobe is, if you remember correctly, when he got to Carolina, he wasn't even supposed to be the guy, the main guy in that class, as I recall. There was another guard that was supposed to be better that wasn't. Um, So he's put his time in. He got to play as a freshman, and then he went to the NBA. Um, and he's kind of, I don't want to say struggled because that's probably not exactly accurate, but he hasn't exactly flourished either. Now, what's happened is Zach Levine's been out, so he's getting a lot of minutes. 
So I think really what's happening here is Kobe's getting a real audition opportunity for some for a next contract or possibly a trade before February because he's got some skills that and he's been hitting his jump shot, which is huge for him, obviously, a smaller guard. But he's got some skills that could be beneficial to some of these teams that are in the hunt. Um, so I'm curious to see if he – I don't think he's going to finish the year in Chicago, put it that way. Wow. I think he's going to end up somewhere else. I think somebody's going to give him something because they're going to have to purge that roster, let's be honest. I mean, look at what they got. They're going to have to do something. And you're probably going to have to take Levine to get Kobe White or something along those lines to eat that salary, you know what I mean? So I think Kobe's – the long story short, Kobe's doing himself a big service for playing the way he's playing right now because he's getting ready to cash in. Well, as you were saying that, I looked up the Chicago Bulls record. They're eleven and seventeen right now. They're twelfth in the Eastern Conference. They are what uh, a game out of uh, even being able to be in the play-in game in the first place. Right. Are, and I don't have the numbers right here in front of me. Uh, what you said in the preseason, but obviously the Bulls are—they've are, got to be playing down from where you thought they were going to be uh, in in the NBA this season, right? Well, I think most of us that watch a little bit of it knew that they weren't very good, but I'm not sure they had any other choices. Some of those contracts are kind of in the middle. You're not in that expiring situation. Um, I, nobody wants Zach Levine because of that money, because of that contract. Um, who's going to take Vucevic's contract? That's pretty big. So they're in a bad spot, but they got DeRozan. I think they got Kobe White, so I think they can make some moves to, to break up this nucleus and kind of start over again. And Kobe White's emergence is going to be big for them because they'll actually be able to get an asset back now instead of just a, a salary dump kind of deal. Where would be a good place that, uh, again, Goldsboro's own Kobe White played at Wilson Greenfield just right here in ENC. Uh, wh wh what would be a good landing spot for Kobe White if he were to go to another team, Rich? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, who couldn't use him at this point? If he's going to play like this and shoot the ball as well as he shot over this span, who couldn't use him? I mean, the, uh, the Cavaliers need him. The Heat need a uh, guard. Heat really need a guard that could create their own shot. They're playing older guards with Kyle Lowry and some of them. But out west, the Lakers could use him. I mean, they got D'Angelo Russell. Ooh. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he plays defense about like you do. Hey, again, I just, I wanted to start out our NBA talk, uh, talking a little bit about Kobe because, uh, again, we take a lot of pride in him. Very under, I got to share my Kobe white story. I'm not sure I've ever done it here on the show, dude. Uh, but, uh, they were playing for the championship of, you know, one of the things up at the holiday invitational, but they're down by it's it had to have been, I don't know. It was in the fourth quarter, probably five minutes left in the fourth quarter. They're down by 16 or so, whichever team they were playing. I could probably look it up, but it's inconsequential to the story. So, uh, they call timeout. Uh, in fact, Rob green, uh, Rob, uh, oh my gosh, Rob Salter, the coach of uh, Greenfield calls timeout pulls him over and tells him, hey, you're only like six points away from the all-time scoring record. And I was on the sideline. I heard this with my own ears. This isn't rich. This isn't just someone passed the story. He got mad at the coach and said, I don't care. I just want to win this damn game. How about that, dude? How about that, dude? 
Good for him. Good for him. Dude, I just, I loved, and then when he got close to, because they were making announcements on the, uh, you know, because, I mean, that's a big deal, dude. 50 years of this thing, and, I mean, you've had all the players, as you know, that have played in this thing, for him to be the all-time scorer. And so, when he scored the winning basket, and, dude, or not winning, when he hit the basket that uh, gave him the, the record, they were still down by, like, 12 at the point at that time, maybe a minute, minute and a half left in the game. Dude, he waved his hands down like to tell everybody to shut up that he didn't want to hear the cheering about it. How awesome is that, dude? Good for him. And by the way, I, I, while you were talking, I looked at um, – he came in with Nazir Little and Leaky Black. Yeah, so, yep, yep, yep. So he was not necessarily supposed to be the one. But if you remember, somebody got hurt or went pro and he had to start like right from the beginning. So he got a lot of valuable reps early on uh, and, and a little side note to any kids out there that are listening go somewhere where you're gonna get reps yeah. sitting on the bench at a big school is not the way to go he got kind of lucky in this regard and got some reps and look where he's at now yeah oh, and, and obviously a lot of it has to do with as your story just shows what kind of drive the young man has yeah, he's he's awesome, man. I, I think the world of him. Other than his decision to go to Chapel Hill, I think uh, he he's done very well. Hey, I know we usually uh, talk about positives and all that kind of stuff, dude. We have not mentioned this, and I can't believe we have it. But dude, there's a team in the NBA that has lost 24 consecutive games, man. What yep. in the world is going on in Detroit, dude? Two and two. Think about it, dude. They're two and twenty-five. So they were two and one. How positive? It reminds me. I've thought, I know I have told you this before, dude. My sophomore year, they pulled me up to varsity, and I'm just you know giddy in the first place because I'm like, oh my god, I'm on the varsity, you know. And uh, we then we go to East Wilkes, our very first game of the year, a team that played for the state championship the year before. And we beat them. So we're one and oh, we're dancing on the bus on the way back and everything. Then we proceeded to lose every game the rest of that season and the first and the first nine games of the next season, okay? So we had a thirty three game losing streak after being one have I not I've told you that, right? I think you have, yeah. but I yeah, I don't quite remember 33 games yeah. straight. That's yeah. pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I remember that feeling of being 1-0, and everybody doubted us. We're going to go. We just beat a team that went to the state championship game last year. Blah, 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 blah. And then, uh, yeah, it, it, it went downhill from there. It was, it was really downhill after that. I wonder if they felt the same way in Detroit. They're 2-1. and one. Nobody gave us a chance. And now they've lost 24 in a row, dude. How 24 in, in a row. How? That's what I was going to ask you, dude. How in 2023, when they've tried to keep, you know, leagues and teams and everything as balanced as possible, how do you lose 24 straight games in a row, Richard Clark? Well, I think you have to realize that it's a total team effort and management and the front office (laughs) and the ownership and the team have to all be on the same page. Um, (laughs) It really, because this it's not, look, it's not the players that, you know, that lost 23 straight and it's not the coach, but it's a combination. I mean, that's just bad all the way around. You know, I was not a fan of the hiring of the coach, the, the guy uh, that's there now. And and they've made some not great decisions in the draft. Um, Cade is fine, but he's been hurt a lot. But they took on some guys like James Wiseman that clearly have issues and, and Marvin Bagley. So um, their roster is, they didn't appear to have a plan. You know, I, I really get kind of, 
I wonder sometimes if some team just out of the blue said, Brian, we want you to be the GM for a year. And could you do what these guys do? Because I'm going to tell you right now, some of these GMs that I see putting these rosters together, you're like, are you even awake when you do this? I mean, are you drunk? Did you take a bunch of shots? You know, is it fireball day? (laughs) Because I I don't understand what you were thinking about. And you look at the Pistons roster, and it's atrocious. You know, they got Cade, and he's probably the only one at this point you keep maybe maybe Ivy and and, and Jalen Durham, but that's it. So – you got to wonder what's going on up there. And then they added a coach who was kind of embattled where he came from. Um, the guy would, that was with the Pelicans last year. So it's just a combination of bad ownership, bad coaching, and bad players. Because well, that's a real deal. I don't know what the record is, but they got to be approaching it, right? Oh, dude, it's got to be. Uh, I, I can look it up real quick, but I was just looking at the roster, dude. You encouraged me to look at the roster, dude. And Joe Harris is one of their highest paid players, dude. What does that tell See? you? That's um, what I mean. Joe and he's Harris, probably four years past. Than, exactly. And, dude, he's a UVA guy. So, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, denigrate uh, one of my Wahoos here. But, I mean, when Joe Harris is your dude, as I'm looking at this, you're not even going to believe this. He's the second highest paid player on that roster. Yeah. You know who number that one, sounds you about right. Guess who number one. You know who number one is? Number one on the Pistons roster is going to have to be one of their veterans, but I'm not sure. Bogdan- so who is it? Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, yeah, that makes sense. Good yep. Lord. $20 million that he's getting paid, and then $19 million to uh, Joe Harris. Dude, if Joe Harris is your second highest paid player, yeah, there's a reason why you've lost 24 in a row. Right. Right, well, let's leave this with this. Uh, and By the way, the record's 26. Wow. Dude, tell me there's not a part of you that's pulling for that, man. Oh, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, yeah, the other it. side note real quick before I go, guess who's got the longest winning streak right now? Uh, I know the Celtics have won several in a row, but probably not. Yeah, they're second. Okay. Uh, dude, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't want to change. James Harden and the Clippers. Oh, dear God. Oh, yeah. That, that hurts my heart. Hey, real quick, uh, Forrest Dawson jumps in. He wanted to ask you a question here real quick. He said, uh, just wanted you to, your thoughts on Draymond Green. <laughs> and that, that's, how, that's, how, that's how we'll end it. Uh, your thoughts on Draymond Green. <laughs> I've said this before. Draymond is a, uh, let's call it new age knucklehead. I was going to say thug, fake thug. The, the problem with the NBA is real quickly they had enforcers back in the day. They kept the fake thugs in line. They got rid of the enforcers. So now there's nobody to keep these guys in line that are like Draymond. Draymond should be done. They should have kicked him out for 50 games for that. Wow. But, you know. Hey, hey, look, if John Morant's going to get 25 for waving a gun in an Instagram video, how is Draymond not going to get 50 for straight punching a guy? Yeah. And, and, I mean, I mean, it makes no sense. I just don't get it, man. I, I don't get it. He's got all the talent in the world. He seems to be a pretty good leader, and we're talking about Draymond Green here. He really does. I mean, uh, his teammates, except for the ones that he punches, you know, uh, they, they seem to like him. I mean, I think he is. Curry uh, likes him. Yeah, Curry which is does. Why, yeah. yeah, which is why he got the contract and the, the the extension and all that stuff. I would go so far as to say it's time for the Warriors to let him go. Yeah. Um, you know, that they're, clearly that team's struggling. So it's just time. He, he's got problems because this has become a thing now. I mean, you know, he got and he choked Rudy Gobert. He, he punched his own teammate. Now he punched this guy. 
I mean, in the old days, we would have been like, yeah, these flags are showing for something else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I don't know if that's true now, though. I wouldn't want to say that now. But clearly, he's got some issues. He does. Listen, Richard Clark, thank you so much for joining us this morning, dude. Merry Christmas. I will see you in 11 days, okay? Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Richard Clark, uh, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Coming up in our next hour, Brian North will be joining us here in just a few minutes on the Brian Hanks Show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College.